Welcome to all the listeners out there that are joining us today for this episode of Tales from a CSEP Floor. This is Enrico reporting to you guys, and today we will be looking at the topic of the future of the office at home. And with me, I have an absolutely interesting guest and a fantastic guy, Jeff Bull. You've been an engineer in the industry for about 17 years. You've been working at Cisco, I think, for five and a half years now. You are super active on social media, on YouTube with Jeff Bull Tech, on Instagram with Jeff Bull Tech, discussing topics that are very much involved with, you know, working from home, building up an office at home. And of course, you also discuss Star Wars. And I know that that's one of your secret hobbies. And you also, just to disconnect from your work, you bake, which is absolutely fantastic. When did you get into that? Thanks for having me on the show, man. I really appreciate it. I started baking as a lot of people did in force at the beginning of the pandemic. I had always, or for a year or two before that, I had had an interest in baking because I used to be a home brewer. I home, I made my own beer for probably Epic. 10 years, give or take. And yeah. when I stopped doing that when my son was born, because it was just too hard to, to go do that while my wife was watching it. <laughs> a little, that didn't really work out so well for her. Um, I, I wanted another outlet. And I found that baking gave me the same geeky science stuff that I got to do with making beer, but I got to put to something that both of us liked and it wasn't yeah. just alcohol, which was fantastic. So I uh, <laughs> really got into it late last year and I'm still doing it now. It's fun. <laughs> That's cool. It's a topic that I definitely touched upon when uh, Corona happened and everybody started working from home. Definitely as a topic for me. But like I told you earlier, I reached a, a roof at some point of my skills. And at that point, I just had to give up. <laughs> I froze the mother. So it's something that I might return to uh, once I've got time for it again. But it's a definitely a cool hobby. It, it, it can be a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, a fun fact, I actually buy my flour now in like 25 pound bags because I make bread so often. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm being excessive. We'll see. Well, I know. I mean, if you use it, then it's all good, right? <laughs> now, you know, something that happened today when, you know, leading up to, to recording this podcast, I was talking to one of my colleagues in the CSAP program, and we were talking about this topic of building this home office and making sure that you can be efficient at home, but also being able to switch off at some point. And one of the first subjects that I thought about we could discuss was, you know, how do you split, you know, your work from your normal life at home? And especially, you know, in early in career, I mean, we have only oftentimes we can't even have our own home office. A lot of my colleagues, they, you know, they've got their 20 meters squared. I'm not sorry, I'm not sure what the, what that's in feet. <laughs> Tiny apartments. And so I know that you've been involved with this topic quite a bit. Are there some of the things that you've learned from your guests on YouTube and your podcast or what are the things that you want to yeah, it's a really interesting topic, and we could probably talk about it for hours, I would imagine. the, I think the thing that has struck me so much about working from home, so much more for a lot of us out there, especially yeah. you know, speaking to folks specifically at Cisco and in CSAP, you know, early yeah. sales program, in sales, the nature of that is being out there in the field, so to speak, or the term, you know, I carried a bag, like being out there, being with customers, sitting down, having yeah. conversations. So not being able to do that and being at home, the natural tendency is to, to think, okay, I need to compensate for those actions by building something out for myself or putting myself into a corner where I can become so fully immersed, I can make calls and do all these things to try to yeah. replicate what I did when I went physically into the field and met with people. And I think the first part there is a misnomer because you cannot recreate what you did physically with customers sitting at home. It's not possible. Yeah. It's a different format. It's a different setup. And the act of trying to do that ends up creating a space. And I don't mean just mean physical. You and I have talked about yeah. this in kind of the green room ahead of time a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the, the, mental, the mental space 
space you have to create for yourself to be able to not just work, but also to be able to disconnect from that work when it is time to take a break or turn off for the day, what have you, is huge. And yeah. I would say that even with a small apartment or a small flat, like wherever it is you happen to live, and to be honest, even for the folks in CSAP, you know, those of us who have, you know, have been in this a little bit longer, might have families or not at home, it is still just as hard to do that, even if you have a little bit more space. The space isn't really the problem. The problem more is okay. how you approach what it is you're trying to do every day. And again, what okay. I mean, what I mean by what you're trying to do every day is your job, but also live because what you have now done is you have brought your work life into your home. And I mean, that seems yeah. so, it seems so completely obvious. You're like, Jeff, why are you saying that? Everyone knows that, of course. <laughs> but if you think about this, you probably have an office around or nearish where you live that you could go to. Even if you're not there all the time, you were probably yeah. there periodically to do you know team meetings or customer calls. We all have done that. So what you had before is you could commute someplace short distance, long yeah. distance, whatever. You commuted, you went to this office, you did some stuff and things. It's great, went to customer meetings. And then when your day was over, you came home, right? The separation yeah. was you went home. That was a separation. That separation doesn't exist anymore. There is no, I went home. I am home. And even more so yeah. for you or not you specifically, but someone who lives in an apartment with some roommates or a flat with some roommates and you've got a small space in the corner, a little bit more that we'll talk about is some tips and tricks about how to actually do that. But I think it's a reframing your mindset to realize that I don't get to just leave the office and go home. I'm right here. I need to, I need to view this a lot differently than I thought I needed to. I love the way that you just said refraining your mindset because that is exactly what it is, right? Before you were commuting, you took that, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's half an hour, it's 15 minutes on your bike, car, tram, whatever, public transport. And that was your on time. And on the way back, you've got your off time is where you just slowly start to wind down your gears. You just, you know, calm down before you hit home. I remember that when I'm starting with CSAP, I went, for example, I did the daily groceries because that daily grocery trip, that half an hour to the shop allowed me to just switch off a little bit and do that physical kind of separation. But of course now taking work home with us, that's maybe not the way that you should approach that. Maybe it's not this kind of physical boundary that you're trying to build up, but it, mentally, and it's trying to finding that off switch inside your own head. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a large part of it. One of the pieces, and you had used an analogy when we were prepping ahead of time of the on the on off switch, and you just said it again. I think that is a really good way to think about this because previously it was it was a lot easier to sort of have this black and white sort of setup where I turn the on switch on in the morning when I'm going to work, I go to work, quote of you know big air quotes, um, and when I yeah. leave work, I turn it to the off position, yeah. and now I'm disconnected from the work life, and I get into a different rhythm at home. But that on and off switch which cannot simply be an on and off switch where it turns on in the morning, turns off in the evening. It's got to basically be like a dimmer switch now. So yeah. like I'm gonna, <laughs> it's going to become a little more intense throughout the day and then turn back down. Yeah. Jokingly, when I, so I'm, for those, obviously you, no one can see me because I'm on a podcast, but I'm actually in a <laughs> eight by 10 shed in my backyard. So I'm in a small so like, cool. wood, like shed in my backyard that I turned into a <laughs> studio and office. So I yeah. do have to physically walk outside to get into here. But what's interesting about that is it lets me, and this is not the solution for everybody by any means, but the way to think about, the, I think this day is, especially when you're in your own apartment or the flat or the place that you live with your partner or your roommates, you cannot simply turn it on and off. It's not going to work. If you try to do that, what's going to end up happening is you'll never be able to actually turn off. And then you're going to be kicking yourself constantly and stressed out because you're never feeling like you get to shut off, except when you go yeah. out. Well, we can't really go out right now. And so you're yeah. going to always be kind of battling with yourself, which is just going to create more stress and more anxiety. Then when you walk back into your space after going to the grocery store, you know, like go get some food or what have, take a walk and come back in, 
you feel like you're always walking right back into work again. Like, do I ever get to go home? Well, there is no going home anymore. They're not the same place. It can let you do is create some separation between the work that you do all day and activities that can help you separate yourself, such as if you're into physical fitness, we all should be doing some of it. But if you're big in physical fitness, either going to a gym, if that's safe, or more importantly, just getting out of the apartment, getting out of the space for a bit, go to take a walk, take a run, take a bike ride, just something, 10 minutes, a five minute workout is still a workout. It doesn't need to be 30 minutes. It doesn't need to be an hour. And five minutes is enough to disconnect you even for a moment or two. Another thought I had last night, actually, as I was going to bed is when you would work full time, if you worked an eight hour shift, like every two hours, it was mandatory. Your boss had to say, okay, go take a 15. And you had, you had to disconnect whatever you're doing and go take 15. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then take a 30 minute for lunch and another 15 or what have you. We're not doing that now. We're not getting no. up and walking to the, you know, the coffee station 20 feet away to get coffee and talking with somebody for a little bit. We just go get a cup and sit back down at our desk again. Yeah. So we have to basically inject those times into our day for ourselves. And something we, I think everyone needs to remember is you need to feel like it is okay to give yourself permission to do that. That getting up and walking away and taking that break, you have permission to do that. Because if you don't, you're going to burn out. You will. It's a completely inevitable. If you don't take those breaks, you will burn out. All of us deal with it in some way. It's finding those little things that you can do. Just disconnect your brain for a bit so that when you come back, you don't feel like you're going right back to the same thing again. Really good point there, because I know that starting off with my job, you know, during the lunch break, it would be half an hour and not even half an hour. I would get something to eat, ram it in my mouth, get back to work straight away because you'd actually feel a little bit wrong being away from your workspace (laughs) during the lunch. And it tires you out because also a story I told you, this colleague of mine this morning, she said to me, you know, sometimes I try to turn on off my workstation and still I'll hear a notification somewhere and straight away that that on switch is back, right? Oh my gosh. I could talk about this part for so, so long. What you're describing is this is a big problem because we don't do that. Like I still have my phone with me, so there's still notifications on the phone, but we got to take that opportunity to do those little things as we need to set up in advance to do exactly what you described, which is how can I silence everything on this? Because to your point, if you hear any notification of any kind, even on your phone, even if it's not a work notification, you're going to feel obligated to go look at, ah, crap, something just happened at work. You have just broken that time period that you gave yourself to break, to disconnect. You've got to put that little bit of work in up front to say, okay, how am I to set up some simple thing on my laptop to silence notifications? So like in that to hit this, put the phone face down and go do something. Don't have it with you. Don't have it on you and go do something. Five minutes reading a book, five minutes reading a magazine, five minutes sitting next to your roommate for a couple minutes while you guys break and have a conversation for five minutes. Anything other than what was in the workspace so that when you walk back to it, it's more of like, oh, shoulders are rolled back a little bit. I'm kind of like, I just stretched just a tiny bit because I'm not in the same space anymore. And what I think will likely happen is you'll start to feel more empowered to like, you know what? I had five minutes. The world didn't catch on fire when I was gone. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think it comes back to something that you said earlier about giving yourself permission. Our workspace is different now. It's no longer the office space where you go to the coffee machine. Our breaks have to also adapt to that. So being able to allow yourself to go outside, have a walk, even though maybe it's not something you would do in a normal situation. When we are in a hybrid world where you're partially working in the office and partially working from home, it's okay to take those five minutes, leave your workspace, go outside, talk to your roommate, get out for a second. 
Yeah, I, I, you know what? You just reminded me of something that I wanted to bring up in the show is, okay, things to think about or to consider using. Some of them will work for you. Some of them won't. That's okay. You pick the things that make sense for you. But there's also plenty of situations where throughout the day, there are those days you're going to have back-to-back meetings and not something you can easily avoid. Okay, so what do you do then? The question to ask yourself is, for each of those meetings you're in throughout the course of the day, do you need to physically be in front of that laptop to be a part of the meeting or... Can you have your video turned off and be on audio only? Because I think more often than not, the answer is, oh, I can, I don't have to be at my desk. I don't have to be in front of this computer. I can be on audio and contribute just as much as I was before because I'm not a big part of this meeting or my role doesn't require that. And blocking meetings are a fantastic option. If you are not doing them, you need to be doing more of them. The reason I suggest it is it, it combines the disconnection of your workspace, getting up and leaving the workspace for a while, but also lets you still do some of the work. And talking to people, building relationships with other people, especially especially in sales, is the job. Sales is relationships, period. Yeah. That, is, that is the job. Building relationships doesn't have to always be, as you've mentioned, I've heard in the past about like WebEx fatigue or Zoom fatigue or whatever. It doesn't always have to be visually in front of a camera. Talking to somebody is talking to somebody. And that means a lot. Taking walking meetings is a huge help because it gets you out of your space, but you still can have that conversation with somebody. Yeah. Go take a walk, get some exercise in. But while you're talking to them, it can just can be a different kind of conversation. It doesn't have to be, I need to take notes. It can just be one of those like, hey, I do this all the time with my team where I realize I've been sitting here all day long and we're about to do a one-on-one. I'll message them on our internal messaging system and i'll be like hey do you mind if i do this as a walking meeting and they're like oh wow i haven't even gotten up in the like the last two hours fantastic yeah good point yeah i you know what something i wanted to bring up as we're talking through a lot of this stuff is tools to create that separation between the workspace and the living space. What's important, I think, about all the stuff that we just talked about is if you take a step back and stop looking at them as individual tasks or things that you can, tools you can use. What we're really talking about here is how you create a mental separation between what you do professionally and what you're going to do personally. And using yeah. all these little things, what they help you do is improve your mental health or maintain your mental health. You need to have a rhythm throughout your week where there's going to be highs and lows for both your work and your personal life. Rather than a balance, balance is, not, in my opinion, is not a thing. You're not going to ever find, well, in this day, I was perfectly balanced in my life. That's, it's just not real. One of my favorite researchers, a guy named Adam Grant, does a lot of shows for the TED Network, and he's a social scientist, and he talks a lot about work life, how to manage your work and life. And he talks a lot about the idea of a rhythm where it's okay where some days your work life is going to be super hot for a couple of days because things were got really busy that week. So long as the work you're trying to get accomplished is getting accomplished, what it really helps you to do is be okay with this is the whatever this rhythm is I've established is my rhythm and it's working for me. I think that's the important part is giving yourself permission to be okay with with this rhythm that you are creating and you cannot compare that to someone else. You're going to try because we all do. We view these problems differently. Our own minds work differently from one another. So the rhythm is going to be different by nature of that so that these days don't feel like they're just the same day happening over and over again. That is an amazing way to look at it. I completely agree with the, the topic that is often said or the punchline, the punch word is work-life balance. I like the way that you say it's a rhythm because that gives it, it's not a black and white situation anymore. It's different every day. It, you as the person have to be empowered to be able to control the rhythm of your day. You're 100% right. What it really does is it allows this fluidity in your time so that it can be dynamic, it can change, but it also lets you, look, lets you take a step back and look at your time as not just day by day. Cisco Live, our big customer. Yeah. Great example. Like in a lot, especially in sales, you're hot and heavy about it for a week or two in advance just to make sure we're getting customers there and doing these other activities we need to. But once it finishes, oh, and the rhythm can kind of continue to flow. Like if you're looking on SoundCloud at music, you see the 
you see the musical notes and the patterns of the music as it's yeah. moving. That's what it looks like. That's what you should be envisioning your schedule, your time as is something more like that rather than on off on off. Of course, this digital type of planning wouldn't work because you also, after a certain sprint, you need that time to rest, to calm down and to reorientate yourself and also allow yourself to take that time instead of being pushed right into the next project without being even able to quickly look around and see what's happening. Absolutely, because you yeah. probably notice this too, and I notice it all the time. I'm actually, I'm still working on this myself, is you go, 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 working on a project or two projects, go, go, go. And then when that sprint or that thing that you're on finishes, you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Your natural tendencies to feel like, boy, I need to get back engaged with the next thing. But you, yeah. you and I both know that when you stop for a day or two or whatever the time period is, you stop say, okay, it's when you don't do that bit of planning that you start running in circles like, but what do I do next? You feel busy. Being busy does not mean you're productive and the other way around. They're not the same thing, yeah. but we have a tendency <laughs> to measure productivity by how like hair busy on fire we are at any given time. Absolutely. I also noticed that's something in you know my friend group or with some people, that's something that they measure themselves at. Like, How long are you working for? Oh man, I'm doing 12 hours a day. Oh man, I'm doing eight hours a day. Ah, oh, you're not working at all. Eight hours a day is fine. You know, like it's this type of... Uh... <laughs> measuring each other off and how busy you are, which at the end of the day actually doesn't mean anything. So let's move back to that idea of early in career person having a small workspace. How would you set up an effective workstation for that person then? Mentally as well as, as physically, of course. And now just before we get into that, remember our word puzzle. This week's word comes from Jeff. He knows it. Jeff, what's that, what's that tip? I, I, feel, I feel like I should like have a drum roll or something going on. So the word for this week is power, power. Wow. Now you know that first tip, listen to the other episodes, figure it out and make sure you get back to us to win some amazing prizes. Now, Jeff, let's just get back on the topic. Let's jump back into it. So last topic, you know, how do you build an effective environment physically and mentally? And I mean, you've already started building a shed in the, in your backyard. So that's already epic. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm really glad you brought that up. So it's super cool. That something like a shed that's outdoors, that gives me that physical disconnection from work. But do most people have this luxury? No, I could not have done this at the last house that I lived at. So how does anyone do kind of recreate that same sort of thing in any space that they're in? And I think there's two main pieces that I would focus on with a sub piece that's called distraction. So I'll get back to that because distractions, something we all think about, but let's touch on that in just a sec. So I would say the two main parts of creating a space for yourself is one is the physical, what you actually have to work with when you're doing your job. And then the other spaces you have, the mental break area. And this is even more important when you, if we take the most constrictive space where like you live in a flat or an apartment where you share that space with other people and all you have is your bedroom as an example, and you work within that space. The first couple things are, I would say, have as much technology as you feel is necessary to get your job done and makes you feel comfortable. For example, I have this desk where I have this big monitor and all these recording equipment. You may want to have like dual monitors and all these things as, as tech people or just working in an industry, you might want to have all these cool things like you would have at an office someplace. Something to remember is you're not working in a cubicle in your bedroom. It's not the same as being in an office someplace. So in your mind, if you feel like you need to recreate what a cubicle would be like or a desk space would be like in an office, that is wrong. But feel like you need to change your mindset a little bit because the mindset shouldn't be on what do I physically, what, how much stuff can I cram into the space to feel like I'm quote unquote at work? It 
it's what do I need to get my job done every day? Because a big part of getting your job done every day is not just the staring at a screen and typing things on a keyboard. It's also the balance of taking breaks and turning your brain off for a little bit to recoup or to go learn something different. So I would say build out the sort of the minimum viable product. What is the least amount of technology you need physically to do the job effectively? Now, is that dual monitors? Is it big screens? Maybe. Is it just your laptop up on a stand with a mouse and a keyboard? That could be fine too. But I would say start from the basics. Now here at Cisco, as an example, many of us are lucky to have like this, the ability to maybe get a small telepresence unit to have on our desk. They could operate like as, as both a monitor and a telepresence unit. I get this one piece of technology, but I can use it in two different ways. Great. Take advantage of that because the least amount of stuff you can have encroachment on your living space to, to let okay. yourself disconnect. And that's the second part of it is what you need is now that you're home more and more and more space to allow yourself to disconnect. Because let's face it, we're at home. We're never really going to completely disconnect from work. We're, we're just not that we're human beings. And especially in working in these corporate environments, just turning the switch off. We don't work in a, fa no offense to, you know, factory workers, but we don't, we're not a factory worker where we punch a clock when we're done and we leave for the day. And there's no thought of like yeah. that machine or that, that system that we operate throughout the day. When you go home, there's no way to go operate that until you go back to work. But when we work from home as a knowledge worker, it's right there. You can easily go pull up your phone or your tablet and it's right there. So you're not turning a switch off, you're just dimming the lights down to a degree. So what you're trying to do is minimize the amount of technology or physical space, physical things that are required to do that job so that they are minimal. So when you step away from that, like a foot or two, you feel much more like you're in a living space. And that means your living space needs to be really as physically large as it can be, because the more and more of it that becomes your workspace, the more and more you're bringing your office physically into your home. And what that doesn't allow for is walking away. Because if you walk away to the other side of the room and you turn around and basically your office building is following you everywhere you go, are you really leaving work? No, it's an emotional and mental drag on you when you allow that to happen, because then you never feel like you're really separating yourself from the professional stuff you do every day. It's even more impactful and noticeable when you live like in an apartment and your workspace is literally two feet away from you in the corner of your bedroom. Like I walked over to lay in my bed to take a rest and I get up from my nap and I'm staring right at work again. Like it's even more noticeable. For me, it's in my backyard. I can go in the house and I can get in plenty of places where I can't see it, but it's still here. I love the way that you say that. <laughs> no, I that was absolutely great because I think it also adds to the theme that we discussed uh, earlier of you're not trying to rebuild the office in your own environment. You're not trying to take, we're, we're in a different environment. So it also means that your workspace has to be different and you have to adapt your mentality and you have to adapt your physical space to that. And I love the fact that you just said, you know, try to have a, the smallest amount of space dedicated to that technical space or, or whatnot. So in theory, once you don't work, that space might blend away. Exactly. And like what you just said, if it's as simple as it's a corner of your living room where there's a desk lamp and when you turn that lamp off, it feels like that. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic because out of sight, out of mind, it's like, cool. That little thing can help my brain sort of disconnect and which gives you a mental opportunity to allow for. And that's, this is where I wanted to come back to distraction to allow for distraction because it's often talked about the distraction is, oh, it's a detriment. It could really be a big problem for your productivity and all these things, etc. I disagree. I actually think distraction is something that we need to lean into more. And what I mean by that is not just letting ourselves randomly be distracted all day long. Yes, that's, that's, that is a, <laughs> that's a recipe for nice massive one. amounts of anxiety and unproductivity and it's just not good. What I mean yeah. by that is though, what I mean by distraction though is scheduling distraction, allowing for time to be distracted, to be brought out into something else. Because 
that distraction, that pull, especially when you are at home in this hybrid, this new hybrid world that we're going to be living in for probably the foreseeable future, if not forever, we're not going to just go back to an office the way that we did before. We need ways to allow ourselves and be okay with and feel like we have permission to be distracted by something because that distraction is what creates the separation from the other thing. Your brain can focus on something else for a while so that when you come back to the thing you were on before, be it work or a project like you were describing you know, ahead of time working on this table that you're working on. Maybe you get stuck at a place. You're like, I just, I'm circling around the same thing. And I can't figure it out. You need that level of you distraction. Really before, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I just didn't notice this thing because I was so focused on it. We do that in yes. life. Yeah. Super focused, super, super spotlight thinking. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you need like, and like you said, you like, you need that in life. Like you're working on this table. Like sometimes you're like, ah, I just, why can't I figure out this one piece? Then you go take a run or someone calls you, you talk for a minute and you're like, oh, it just, yeah. it just, it just clicked in my head. Oh, now I know you just, you needed to be pulled out of it for just a minute or 10 minutes or whatever. We need just the same thing. Yeah, yeah. We need the same thing for our work life too. We need to be able to have distraction. And I think scheduling time for that distraction is huge and it helps. And by having that minimal footprint over here means that you have more physical space to allow for that distraction to occur in, in ways that make you feel good. So that when you go sit back down, it doesn't feel like it was on the present. You just, oh, I can go back over there now and go hammer away on something. And I feel really, really positive about what I'm doing rather than this ball and chain that was following me around everywhere I went. Yeah, and that's pretty much what you touched upon as well a little bit earlier, I think, in our conversation. You know, empowering yourself to take your time. It's different. You know, make sure you can get out. Give yourself the permission to do something else and then be able to refocus on your work. That's fantastic. Thank you, Jeff. Exactly. Yeah, so it's actually also, in a way, redirecting your focus to give your mind a bit of rest on the topic that you've been working on. A hundred percent. That's exactly right. So not procrastinating, but really saying, hey, you know what? Now we're going to focus on something else. And I would imagine that in a moment in work or, or studying or p- preparing for an exam or whatnot, when you notice your brain fading away, when the focus starts fading away, that's the right moment to start doing maybe something else just for a few minutes. Distract yourself productively for a few minutes and then come back to the work. For yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. You say, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> but you're, but, you're, but you're, you're, you're a guest. <laughs> but no, I mean, you're uh, without beating the horse too much. You're, you, what you said is exactly right. You, like, we don't all have to just do it persistently. You get that burst of energy where you feel motivated. Use that. And then when it, when it starts to fade, don't force yourself necessarily to keep pushing. Let that fade for it. Let it fade for a second. Take a rest. Do something different. Because then you're going to get the motivation again. And it's those consistent uses of the motivation when they come up that eventually will turn into the habit of like, I can just do this more often. But if you don't take advantage of them when they come up, that's where that's where the path to burnout starts to come. Because you keep do that too much because we kind of we feel like that's what you're supposed to do. And I I think that's a huge misnomer because there is no, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you've been told, but that doesn't mean that's true or that that's the right thing for you. Everybody's different. And we all have to take those moments that make sense for us. And you should like allow yourself and feel okay with that. Because if you don't, you know what the result is going to be. If you don't, you're going to feel burnt. You're going to feel exhausted. And who wants to feel like that? That's really cool to hear it from you because, you know, you've tried it out. You've seen different perspectives. You hear different perspectives on your YouTube channel and trying it out yourself and, and noticing the differences as well in, in these changing the space. I, I think it's great for us as well to hear that from you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, 
Thank you so much for being on uh, Tales from the CSEP floor. Yeah, dude, totally. It was an absolutely pleasure talking to you about splitting up your work from private life, dealing with the burnout situation and finding the off switch, you know, building your effective environment to work physically as well as mentally. And I think some of the main features were power yourself to take your time, uh, get distracted uh, and make sure to let your workspace also fade away. Thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Oh, awesome. It's been amazing to be on here. Thank you so much for inviting me and giving me a chance to just try to give back some of the lessons I've been learning over the last few years to others because it, it, it this is this is tough and we're all still learning. I'm still actively learning and I'm constantly changing up my work environment in general because we're all we all got to reframe our mindset on a regular basis to make this effective. And that's OK. That's totally OK. Great. And, you know, I think for our listeners as well. They can follow you on YouTube, on Instagram, because you've got some amazing content out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I'm all over the socials, so you can find me on any any of the platforms. Uh, just search them all, slash Jeff Bull Tech, so my first and last name, T-E-C-H. You can find me anywhere. Um, on Google, or sorry, YouTube, just search me out as Jeff Bull Tech. I've got a couple shows there. And then I do want to call out DevNet. I'm a manager of developer advocacy within DevNet. So if you're looking to kind of start your program and build your automation journey and kind of think about these things in a different way, as well as I'll be hosting a Cisco chat on video.cisco.com monthly to talk to leaders and other people about these technologies and how exciting they can be. So thank you so much. I'd love to see you guys in the conversation anywhere. Super cool. And I think everybody listening that is interested, definitely get into those channels because they're fascinating. To all our listeners, this was Enrico reporting to you guys. Well, not live, but from the CSAP floor. Don't forget, I hope you paid attention to that word tip that Jeff gave. If you didn't, you're lucky because you get to listen to this podcast again. Follow Sabrina and Emerald's episodes as well to get the rest of the, the word tips. I look forward to talking to you guys on the next one.